Okay, so this is chapter 13. Um, it's going to be a few parts of chapter 13. It's Yurchas Tevas, the 18th of Tevas. <coughs> Parakir Gimel. So, basically, we are in this chapter, the last chapter, this chapter, and also the next chapter, um, are all talking about the Bainani. Um, this is Sefer Shalbananim. Sorry, very cool dress. Um, this is Sefer Shalbananim. So this is what it's about. This is, it's, you know, and there's two ways you could approach that. You could say, oh, we're, we're, we're bad for not being, we're meant to be a Bainani, and now it's like, we're not a Bainani all the time. So like, ah, what do we do? Or it's like, what the Altar is really telling us, I, and, and my feeling about it, and my thought about it, is that the Altar is saying like, this is your potential. Like, this is where you should be striving to get to. You know, it's like, imagine in a marriage, like people struggling in a marriage, and then a therapist saying, like, a therapist telling, they've only ever seen their own parents' dysfunctional marriages, so they don't even know what a good marriage could look like. And then suddenly they, either through a therapist that teaches them, or through even seeing another couple, they see the potential for what real, intimate, loving marriage could be, and then suddenly it's like, wow, we might not be experiencing that right now, but we know we can. We know we want to. We know we're. We know that's where we're trying to go. So that's that's what the altar of his message of the Bainani is. It's not like <clears throat> just like know know where you can be, know where you can go. Um, and the cool part that we've been talking about so far, and we're gonna continue saying it again and again and again, is that that state of being that we could potentially get to, and not only potentially like far off in the distance, like at any moment that we have the ability to tap into, it's a state of being that doesn't, it's a state of being where the wholeness of us is present. It's a state of being where, just like Yosef said, you sent me and God sold me. I mean, you sold me and God sent me. Meaning, it's the vanity state of being is one where he doesn't reject any part of him. He also doesn't allow every part of him to become his sense of self and to become a sense of identity but he doesn't he doesn't get angry he doesn't get um he's not in a state of despair over the fact that he's complicated you know and that's we're going to talk about that later in the program that altar focuses on sadness because we're going to like i'm kind of giving i'm, I'm saying that before the altar says that right now the altar is saying that the banner is in a state where he he sees the fullness of who he is. He doesn't say, oh, I can only, I, I'm, I'm only, you know, spiritual, or I'm only joyful, or I'm only, you know, like somebody gets into a car accident, God forbid, and then they suddenly start feeling like they're upset, they're, they're anxious now because, well, okay, my words are super fluctuated today. But basically, a lot of times we put ourselves in these boxes where we think we're only supposed to feel one thing at a time. But the banner state of being is one where he doesn't feel one thing at a, at a time. He feels a lot of things at the same time. He feels his parts and he feels his self. He feels his, you know, the raw, the, the parts of him that are reactive to the, to the belief that he is separate from Hashem, which is anything hard in life, any negative feeling in life. And then he also feels the, the other stuff, you know, the, the voice inside of him that, and we might not even be there yet. That's what I was saying yesterday, that... If, we're, if you haven't yet experienced that state of self, that voice inside of you that says, I am not just all the voices in me that are fragmentations, you know? Like, like maybe you have, maybe you haven't. 
but there is there comes a point where you realize that all the voices that you've had until now wow this tanya i think i'm very distracted in my own head these words aren't coming out very clearly but basically well, i'm just gonna go straight inside but just in very short most of our lives we have spent thinking that the voices inside of us are us when we're kids and we want a piece of chocolate cake <laughs> it's not that a part of me wants a piece of chocolate cake really badly I want the chocolate cake. And if I don't get the chocolate cake, I'm going to kick and scream and cry because I really want it. As we get older, it gets a little bit more mature that you know your friends in high school are leaving you out and not inviting you to the party. And I, I become just sad and lonely and, and overwhelmed with this feeling that I must not be worthless. I mean, I must be worthless. I must be smelly. I must be whatever it is that your brain then conjures up based on the emotion of feeling hurt, based on the belief system that I am separate, animal soul. But throughout our lives, until throughout our lives, the animal soul is our main sense of identity. It's, it's, it's not like, oh, there's a part of me that maybe wonders if I'm worthless. It's like you just, it's your whole entire experience. But in order for a bainany to be a bainany, what there has to be is there has to be the polarity between that, set, that experience of... Basically, it's when you start to realize that that voice in you that said, I am worthless, is a voice, is a part of you. But there's also other aspects to your life. There's also a whole sense of self inside of you that knows that you're not worthless. That doesn't mean that you don't also have the part of you that thinks you are worthless. There's both, but the Bainani's sense of the Bainani's state of being is one where he lives with both extremes inside of himself: the parts that say I'm worthless, and the parts that and the self, the godly soul that says I know that I'm essentially whole. But the uh, like the whole oh wow okay. If I ever taught Tanya again, which God willing, whatever, maybe I'll do this every single year because I'm realizing that like. I'm realizing how much the Altar Abba sets us up in a flow, but if you don't know the end, then it's hard to realize why the Altar Abba is saying the beginning. You know, that's like what I always say. So what, essentially what the Altar Abba just did though, for the first nine chapters, before he started getting into the state of Bainani, is he was telling us, you have an animal soul and you have a godly soul. Start recognizing where the voices in you are coming from. Start noticing that the voices that say, I'm worthless or I'm insignificant or I'm not good enough or my future is gonna be terrible or nothing's gonna work out, start noticing that those voices aren't the totality of who you are. They're animal soul voices. Start noticing that you also have a godly soul that has a different perspective on things. Like start noticing that you're not just, you're not just one, one energy. <laughs> you have different perspectives. You have different, and some of them are animal soul and some of them are godly soul. But until we can start to, and literally the altar spent nine chapters talking about that. And now I'm like, oh, why didn't Altarva tell us this before? But he did. That's literally what the first nine chapters of Tanya were. Start to notice that when you have a voice inside of you that says that that is a voice of pain, really, or a voice of just olam hazeh, meaning this is what it looks, this is what it is, this is what it looks like, and I can't see, I'm not even, you don't even notice that you're only looking at what something looks like because you're just sure that it is what it is. But start to start noticing that those voices are voices, they're, they're parts of you. There's also another reality of the godly soul. And the Bainani is one who lives with both forces, both experiences. Cool? 
Um, but again, the main point of the banner knee is that he lives with both, but he, his choice of reaction, his choice of <clears throat> the reactions, the, the, the response that he does to, the, to living with both voices is he chooses his self. He's, it's called self-led. It's when yourself doesn't say, I hate you for being there, negative voice. I hate you for being in pain. But the voice says, I see that you're in pain, but I'm still going to choose this. I see that you are thinking that, but I'm going to choose this. Okay. <clears throat> bum, bum, bum. This is the beginning of Parakei Gimel. Based on this, we understand what our sages have said. That a Bainani is judged by him and by him. A Bainani is judged by two voices. The Yetzer Tov and the Yetzer Hara. We're going to learn soon that the Yetzer Tov, I always wondered what's the difference between the Yetzer Tov and the Nefesh Kiss. The Altar says it very clearly. The Yetzer Tov is basically the emotions of the Nefesh Kiss. The, the Yetzer Tov lives in the heart, and the Yetzer Hara lives in the, also in the heart, and it's basically the emotional experience, the passionate experience, the not even beyond Seichel, even beyond the Yetzer Tov doesn't necessarily care what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. It's the passionate response of the Nefesh Kiss. Um, it's just a quote of where that Hashem stands at the right hand of the poor man to save him from the judge of his soul, but Shaiftan is, is plural. Shaifte. So there's always two judges. It doesn't say that this in this rule. We said shalit. What does shalit mean? Actually rules. Actually takes control. The mind doesn't just say, oh, I have an opinion over the heart. Means that the mind actually leads the heart in the direction that it wants to go in. The, but that doesn't, it's not what it says. It says, it says Because if the, if the Yetzer Hara takes control over us for even a second, we're no longer in the category of Bainani. We're in the category of Russia. The Yitzhar Hara inside of us isn't a ruler. It's like a more like a it's more like a, a judge, and the English word for Dayan is um, a magistrate. <laughs> Don't even know what that means. But it's basically somebody who says their opinion in a courtroom, um, who expresses his opinion on the on the law. Of, after that person gives his opinion, there's going to be somebody else giving another opinion. And then once those two people give their opinions, then there's the third person, which is the one that says, this is what we're going to decide. This is the ultimate decision-making. So also the Yitzhahara says his opinion in the left side of the heart. Remember the Yitzhahara always, go, the animal soul always goes bottom up. So the, the feeling, the passion, the passionate experience of Yitzhahara starts on the left side of the heart and then goes up into the, into the, into the mind. And right away, what happens once that passionate experience of the, of the Yitzhahara goes into the mind? Parentheses, what does that mean? You feel lonely because your friends are leaving you out. Ah, Yitzhahara, ah, emotional experience of anxiety, sadness goes into the mind. I'm, I'm a piece of 
you know what, I'm, I'm just junk. I'm just worthless. Nobody actually likes me, whatever it is. Just one example. Every, we all have our own examples for that. You know what I mean? But it's that experience of an emotional reaction that then creates a story in your mind. And it's so, oh my gosh, it's just so important to notice that. To, unless you know that, you think that the stories are real. You think that the stories are just what they are. But when you actually backtrack and you say, when was the first time you felt that? When, when did you learn that about yourself? A lot of times that's what happens in therapy. The therapists will ask you, when did you learn that about yourself? You have the story about yourself that you um, will never be good at, silly example, but you'll never be good at drawing. And the therapist could ask you, when did you learn that about yourself? And what you start to realize is that the first time you learned that story was when somebody made you feel bad about drawing. You had an experience where you were in class and somebody said, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And ah, that hurts, that hurts. That feeling of hurt that's created from the animal soul because it's on the belief of, separate, of separateness then leads and creates a story in the mind. But it starts with the emotions. What happens though, once that story gets into the mind? It's challenged. Now you have this courtroom going on where that voice, and this is very subconscious usually, unless it's in the Bainani, who, where it's subconscious unless you know that it's just a voice. The Bainani who sees that this is a voice and that's a voice, the Bainani sees that this isn't who I am, it's just a part of me. This is actually could be a very conscious experience where he sees both sides. That's where we're trying to get to. But right now, usually we just see that, we just experience it as us. And so this isn't a conscious debate. Or it's not a debate at all because we just don't even challenge the the godly soul. Like we said about the Russia, that sometimes the godly soul is so distant from us. It's out of our midst. It's like, all I am is this voice that thinks that I'm bad. I don't even have the counter. And that's the state of Russia. But the state of Bainani is somebody who says, I have this voice that says I'm this. And I have the godly soul who's countering it with this other perspective. Um, once it gets into the mind, then the second judge, which is the godly soul, debates it. And it actually, that passionate response to, um, goes into the heart too, which is the Yetzir Tov. So now you have this godly soul saying, I don't know about that. And then they're kind of going back and forth. And But who actually decides what my next step is going to be? The machria, the, the decision-making person, the decision. Okay? So until now, we've been saying that the decision-making person is us. It's me. I'm, in my mind, I'm the one that decides. But now, the altar is going to say something else, that sometimes the debate becomes so emotional, not only intellectual, which would be only a state of moch, but it becomes so emotional that you actually, that actually Hashem needs to help us make that decision of, of the debate. Ne- needs to decide who the opinion is going to be from. So, I'm going a little faster. Sorry. Hey, Gitty. Okay, so who is the one that decides the final verdict? It's Hashem who helps that the Yitzhar Tov is one that decides. If Hashem didn't help him, we wouldn't be able to overcome Ayitzer Hara. How does Hashem give us this help? Oh, you look so nice. How does Hashem give us this help? I enjoyed learning this part so much. And I, yesterday in the shower, I was like, I learned this and I took a shower and I spent like half an hour just thinking about it. I don't know why I felt the need to tell you that it was in the shower. 
but I was thinking about what does this actually mean and I'm going to tell you what it means for me but from today so I want you to actually think about what this means for you but so how does how does Hashem help how does Hashem help that the Yitzhar Tov is the one that ends up deciding he ha'ara the the help of Hashem comes through ha'ara shemeir Hashem al kiss the divine light that manifests from the godly soul that literally illuminates the godly soul to such an extent that the darkness just goes away. It's like you turn on the light and the darkness doesn't say, ah, but wait, it's just it goes away. And so I was just thinking, like, what does that actually mean? What does it mean that Hashem gives us this radiation of godly light, the radiation of our godly soul? I was thinking for me, what that means is I thought of two ways, two times in my life where I have felt, where I feel my, the radiation of myself, self capital S, meaning godly soul, meaning higher part of me that knows that the voices are just voices and the parts are just parts and that they aren't the only reality. And to me, I thought of two times that I experienced that. One time is when I make boundaries on the things that I know are not good for me. You know, it's like I have a friendship that is actually unhealthy for me and like that is not treating me right. The times that I say no, <laughs> And it's not even necessarily that I say no to the other person. It's just in my own self where I make that boundary. Like, instead of reaching out and saying, hey, do you want to hang out? I just don't. And I do something that's actually kind to myself. The experience that I have in those moments are, like, I feel, like, like expansive. Like, suddenly, like, I've, like, I've, like, become alive. And literally, I was thinking, what that is, is it's the radiation of my godly soul. It's, it's, like, it's a kind, it's Hashem gifting me through my work obviously through my i made the keli for it but that experience of self that i have in that moment that's what the, it's the ha'ara of the nefesh kiss, which then just makes the other voices of like but if i if i don't reach out then she's gonna not like me and if i don't reach out then we're gonna lose the friendship and then i won't be okay anymore or whatever it is it's like all that just goes away all, it just disappears <laughs> it's like the darkness that goes away when the light turns on and another example that i thought of that is another time that the radiation of my light shines, the radiation of myself shines, is when I am with somebody who sees me as that wholesome, wholesome person. And I was thinking that it's literally like, like the, I don't know if it's a hayomim or whatever, where it says this, but that when two people talk, when two you didn't get together, it's two godly souls against one animal soul. So what's the simple reason of that? It's because godly souls can join, because godly souls know that they're connected. Animal souls, which are the belief of separateness, they can't get together. They, animal souls literally are in survival mechanism. If I join with you, I'm going to die. That's what animal souls think. So when a, two people get together, their godly souls shine together. Specifically two people who are identifying as godly souls. If, otherwise, it's just a subconscious experience. But when you have... an you know, at like the Veronese Founds for Bringing, she asked everybody, she's like, how many relationships do you have that are relationships founded on self to self? Meaning that you're not only seeing each other through the lens of parts, through the lens of what you do, what, how you make me feel. Um, if you're acting a certain way, then I like you. If you don't, then I don't like you. You usually trigger me, but sometimes you're okay like those are all animal soul relationships and it's not necessarily the worst thing ever but but the relationships that we have that really allow us to 
see our that that see us through the lens of godly soul that you know sometimes it's apparent sometimes it's not apparent you know for me it's like i have a sister like this that she literally just really likes me and when i say that she likes me it's not like she like likes me like oh you're perfect and you never do anything wrong and da 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 is that she literally just like thinks i'm an awesome person what it's really it's really cool but in the context of that relationship i often feel my godly soul lit up i feel myself which is the voice beyond the voices of i'm not an awesome person and i'm really not that great and i don't even know what my worth is in the context of that relationship i i feel my godly soul alive how is that different than how that person makes you good question good question i think if it's how the person makes you feel it's coming because it's it's a response of I need this person to make me feel this. But when it's the opposite of like, I, we're meant to have connection. Hashem wants us to feel, not feel good because of other people, but I think, and again, this is just my opinion. I don't know. The altar didn't say this here. The altar just said that Hashem gives us this godly light illuminated in our souls. And I'm just trying to think of like, when does, when can, how do we make the kalim to receive that light? And for me, I know that one of the times is when I, I'm with people that see me as that godly light. Not because I can't see it on my own, but... It's more like, it's like unconditional. It's like, I don't know. It's like, I'm saying, like, I feel like you're, like, this is also just my, like, opinion and the way, like, yeah. my brain is, like, translating it. But it's kind of like, you know, like, what you're saying about conditional relationships. Like, I like you because you look a certain way or right. because you have certain grades or because you and you travel or whatever so that's like you know they only see your guff but if they like you for who you are then they like literally only see your neshama so that's how your neshama is able to like express itself exactly 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 so it's it's more like what's your starting point meaning do I need to be around you because you make me feel a certain way or because I see myself like this I choose people who see myself like that yes wow yes 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 Yes, or because I strive to see myself like this, I'm going to choose to be around the people who see me like that. I may not see myself fully like that yet, but I know that it's where I want to be. I know it's who I actually am. And so I'm going to not be around the people that treat me like my parts. I'm going to be around the people who allow me to feel myself. Wow. Wow. Okay, and we have just one more paragraph. Ah. Okay, so awesome, right? The godly soul radiates weakness now win quote unquote like we've talked about in high school you say these words in high school you win the battle in other words you just choose now from a place of self instead of from a place of parts <coughs> but after the animal soul is just as alive as before <coughs> it doesn't minimize in size it doesn't change in quality it's literally just as strong as before it just doesn't have the power to express itself but it's still there um, because how come it doesn't express itself because Hashem is the one allowing us to have that experience where we're able to we're able to stop it in its tracks and say, I don't want you to express yourself through me right now. Um, the words are just so limited compared to this whole experience. Okay, anyways, last part of Tanya today is that the altar says, 
about the answer to the first question that we had at the beginning about why should you say that you're right we promised before we're born that we should promise that we are not that we should see ourselves like a tzaddik no see ourselves be a tzaddik and see yourself kirasha right so i'll turn it right away i asked like how can we see ourselves like a russia literally that's the Perkyeva says specifically, don't see yourself like a Russia because you're going to be sad and this is going to be a big mess if you see yourself like a terrible person. But here the Altar says, Ke Russia actually means see yourself like a Banani. It's seeing yourself as somebody who, even if you've come to a point where you think you've healed a certain part of you and you think that you've, you've gotten it, don't be so sure. Don't think that you've actually gotten rid of the impulse that you have towards separateness and towards you know, towards animal soul, um, from animal soul, but just notice that you you really are, chances are, and this is how you're meant to see yourself, as somebody who you have that impulse still, but you've controlled it, which is a benoni and not a, and not a tzaddik. You should see yourself as a benoni. You shouldn't think that you've gotten rid of the ra inside of you, which would then be, which would mean that you're a tzaddik. You should see that, you should think of yourself and notice that the part of you that is ra is still there. It's, it hasn't gone away. And it hasn't vanished or changed even a bit. And on the contrary, you should notice that even though you're controlling it, it's just as strong and maybe even stronger than it was at the beginning of your life. So, bigger conversation. We'll continue tomorrow. My brain was a little bit distracted today, I feel like. But it's okay. We got something. And you don't have to... Look at that. Okay. I'll be a be a vanity moment notice the hardness of the voice on myself of like today's Tanya did not express itself in the way that I wanted it to I see the voice I also see another voice that says you know what actually maybe Hashem is actually in this moment too (laughs) and I did exactly what was meant to happen and I can hear both and now my choice of response is going to be according to my godly soul which means that I'm not going to just be upset about it and mellow in it mellow I don't know if that's a word but I'm not going to like let my reaction to the voice be from my animal soul exactly i'm gonna let hug it two hands and say you know what i'm gonna choose my godly soul which means that it's okay and i'm okay and i can continue on my day in a fine and happy way Bye. Thank you. <laughs>